0: Another episode of Gonzaga Nation SI. I'm one of your two mainstays, your two hosts, Dan Dickow alongside Adam Morrison, breaking down a lot of Gonzaga basketball throughout the year. And it's just so happens to be this is the best time of the year. Eight straight sweet 16s for Gonzaga. Adam, thanks for joining. Could you Imagine this program ever getting to the point where they've essentially set a record for most consecutive Sweet Sixteens. Uh, as long as your name is not Duke or UCLA,
1: yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, obviously, since you know 2015, it's it's a, an insane streak. Considering you know a lot of programs that you know you maybe have a slip up or some injuries or whatever. Just the longevity of it. And then it just kind of disproves the fact that we don't win in March. That's the funniest when you hear that uh, storyline. It's like, I, okay. Um, um, but yeah, I I'm really proud to be a, a you know alumni. Obviously, you are too. But it's pretty crazy how much they've uh, elevated this program in the last you know decade.
0: Yeah, it's it's absolutely astonishing. I mean, I thought. My groups were good. I thought your groups were good. Uh, they just keep breaking barriers. The only one left now, and we've talked about it at, at different points, is a national title. I don't know. At the, at the start of the year, I told the KHQ guys, Richard Fox, Greg Heister, and Chauncey Jones, the producer, in our preseason meeting, I thought this had the makings of a Final Four team because they had some scores, but I said but they were going to take their lumps along the way. Uh I look like I might be coming. My, my prediction might be coming to fruition. I think you were along the same lines as I was based on our fall talks is that this team could be really dang good if they clean up a few things and they figure out the roles. Is that how you seen this season playing out?
1: Yeah. I mean, we knew early that you know, point guard play and then some of the wing positions were um, guys that were just inexperienced. No, they weren't freshmen, but they didn't play heavy roles Uh, Last season, Nolan Hickman in particular, Rasheer Bolton's obviously, um, you know, an experienced player, but his role was going to be different being a secondary ball handler or maybe a primary one with Andrew Nemhard gone. You know, you got to remember that he's a professional and um, a pretty, you know, a really good one. And and he covered up a lot of holes for us on the perimeter. And then guys like Hunter Silas, we didn't know what Malachi Smith was going to be being new to the program. Then we didn't know. I mean, we saw Julian have a good year last year, but you kind of, you know, you wait to see what the expectation and the jump is. We knew um, Drew Timmy was going to be great, but then Anton Watson was a off the bench guy, and he's had a fantastic season, um, especially on the second half of his senior campaign. So I think um, we were spot on, and it wasn't a you know a crazy take or one that you know required deep analysis. It's like, hey, look, we kind of have to wait and see, and then obviously we're going to play some teams that are more experienced earlier. Um, in the non-conference and we took some losses, but also, I mean, what are we 29 and five right now? <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. it's like <laughs> we're pretty good and obviously being in the sweet 16 with a great chance to make to a final four.
0: Well, let's talk about the first weekend of games. Uh, you were there courtside. I watched them um, on the off day of my broadcast responsibilities in, in Sacramento. So I saw UCLA up close for two games last week. Really like some things about them. I think there's some things Gonzaga can take advantage of, You saw Gonzaga obviously in person. Tell me what you saw last week and how they played in Denver.
1: Well, I thought, you know, the first game was an intriguing matchup with Grand Canyon just because um, it was a team that was obviously hot, finished fourth in the WAC, was making a lot of threes in their last three games prior. They made 39. So obviously that's 13 a game, which is a you know ridiculous number. So going into it, it was all about, you know, how can we guard the three-point line Um, aside from that, you know, Lowell in the first half, where we were about six minutes, where they took a seven point lead. I was really impressed with our defense. We just weren't making shots during that. Um, and then we went on that big run, you know, to end the first half and continue in the second. So that first game was nice because we played without anxiety late. Um, and, you know, it was on the heels of Arizona losing, uh, Furman beating Virginia. Obviously, the fairly Dickinson. So whenever you get a 14-3 matchup and you can skate through it without anxiety, it's a positive. So I was, you know, I was impressed with our guys, you know, handling business in the first game.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one. I watched Arizona get knocked off in person against Princeton, and I think that's the thing that it shows you about this tournament is you could have the most talent, you could have the most size, athleticism. Um, But if you don't have a game plan that your guys believe in or are willing to go for, um, you you could struggle. And Princeton had a game plan that was, I thought, perfect against Arizona. But then at the end of the day, Arizona didn't make shots down the stretch, allowing them to get knocked off. And this tournament is all about making shots. TCU in that second round matchup had a guard who scares you because he can make shots. How good was Mike Miles and Jr. uh, in person to you?
1: Uh, He was fantastic. Quick, strong, athletic, really gets in the paint, um, can make shots. Not a great three-point shooter by percentage, but he's more like I described him as a score, so dangerous um, if he can get, you know, open looks. Um, You know, so going off your point of, you know, making shots, I think first half we just didn't make shots and to only be down five was a win for us. I said that on the broadcast. I said, hey, look, we could have been down 15 easily. Um, but we did a good job defensively. And then in the second half, we just made the shots that were provided to us. And, you, you know, it's an old NBA term. And I think, it, it you know, it, it's the same in, in college basketball to make or miss league. And I think in the second half, we made shots because you're going to get actions and you're going to get open looks um, as detailed and as as well as we execute our actions, no matter what kind of defense we play against. If you don't make shots, it looks bad, blah, blah, blah. And in the second half, we just stepped up and made shots with Sheer sure. Bolton had a fantastic game in the second half. Um, obviously drew was, you know, all, you know, all world again, but then Malachi Smith off the bench, you know, made shots as well. And then it, you know, it's funny how easily it flips to look like, well, TCU is really good at defense. And then it's like, wow, how do they give them so many open shots? It's just, I mean, in that first half, I think we were 12 with 33 and two of 14 from downtown. And then it flips, you know what I mean? So, um, um obviously really excited for it, guys. That was a scary matchup. I did not like it going yeah. into it, just on physicality, style of defense, the Big 12 deal, you know, having struggles with uh, Big 12 teams prior with Texas and Baylor twice. Um, so really pleased that we got through that one, obviously.
0: Well, that leads us up into UCLA. UCLA Gonzaga has become a, a storied game, I guess you could say, uh, because of the past you know, twenty years or so, Gonzaga for the first time uh, got a chance to play them, knocked them off in Poly Pavilion years ago. Your group uh, w- with the uh, big plays that were made by UCLA allowed them to beat you guys. Uh, then they had the matchup in the NCAA tournament, uh, where I think it was Sabonis and Wilcher's group won. Everybody remembers the Suggs half quarter in the Final Four. This is becoming quietly, I think, a very good matchup. I know Mick Cronin has a ton of respect for Gonzaga's program. Uh, they tried to schedule a game this year in the non-conference; it just didn't work. What are your first initial thoughts on UCLA? What you've seen from them this year, uh, and what Gonzaga needs to do to come out on top?
1: Well, I think it's it's a it's a good matchup for us personnel-wise. Obviously, they they are, are a very good club. Obviously, you referenced the twenty-one. Uh, game, which, which one of the all-time classic NCAA tournament games, Final Four games of all time. Um, and then last year, we played him in this arena, T-Mobile, coming up. and We won by 20 in that game uh, previous to playing Duke. Um, so I think we just match up well against him. Um, Hawk, uh, Javier Hawkwez. I can't always mess up his name. Very good player, Pac-Pill Player of the Year. Tough matchup. I think we can throw you know certain types of bodies at him. Anton him. I think Julian can. I think Drew a little bit can guard him and then tiger campbell's a fantastic player on the perimeter as well but they're a little bit banged up with that clark kid going down in the pac-12 tournament their best defender um so i like the matchup obviously i think it's you know more like a pick em, to be honest but i think physically we match up better than we did against tcu if that makes sense um so i'm really looking forward to it it has become a great rivalry it's it's the west coast probably two of the three best teams on the west coast excluding arizona or, you know, the best programs, San Diego State might have an argument with that. But as far as like recruiting and prominence, I think these are the two best clubs. So it's cool that the robbery has gained so much, uh, you know, notoriety. And I think that's kind of why for TV, it's obviously a TV event, you know, the tournament as well. That's why they kind of put us in the same uh, bracket it's, it's the primetime
0: slot on Thursday night uh, in the Sweet 16. It's pretty cool to see that uh, Gonzaga is elevated to that level within the program. Um, you, you talked about uh, the matchups for Gonzaga-UCLA. You know, I think the J- Jalen Clark injury, injury for um, UCLA really hurts. He's out for the season now with an Achilles injury. They haven't said exactly what it is, but he won't be back. And that's hard for them because – I don't think they want to put Haquez on Strother for long stretches of time because it'll wear him down because he has to handle so much of the load on the offensive end. Plus, you don't want to put him in foul trouble uh, opportunities. I mean, Strother, I saw this note today when he scores 15 or more, Gonzaga's 27 and one. So they got to kind of figure out a way to slow him down. And then the other UCLA player, Adem Bona, who's battling injury right now, he missed the first round. He's important because seven footer, tremendous defensive uh, versatility with pick and roll coverages as well as protecting the rim. But I don't know if they can trap or hard hedge ball screens against Gonzaga with Drew Timmy the way they usually do, because if he catches it, Timmy, in that short roll, we've seen him just obliterate teams this year. Do you expect them to hard hedge, hard roll or hard hedge or trap or or what do you think their pick and roll coverage might be?
1: Yeah, I'd imagine they probably try to go over the top and sink to take away the role. I mean, that's we make a lot of bread and butter on uh, guys getting out of position, and then we make one pass and Drew angle seals. You know, we've done that for years, but Drew's really good at it. Um, So that that is a you know very good question schematically what they're going to do on the ball screen coverage, and then uh, also like are they going to you know double team drew in the post like a, dribble, a double from the bottom side. TCU tried that. It worked well in the first half. They were doubling from the bottom side. Um, and then we started hitting the skips in the second half, which you get and you set the hammer screen on the weak side. You get wide open shots. And if they go in, it looks great, right? So um, yeah. I'm curious. I always look for that in pretty much any game is when he gets his first or second touch, do they go on the dribble? Do they go off a, you know, a shooter like a you know Nolan or Bashir even though they're good shooters, but do they gamble on you know, giving those guys swings, swings. um, Are we ghost cutting on the weak side if they trap all that stuff? So um, I'm really curious to see how they try to defend us. Cause last year, obviously you take away Chet. Chet's a different uh, animal, um, but we pretty much match up the same. I mentioned Andrew before, but we've really bothered them uh, offensively. They've had a really poor game last year. They only scored 63 points. Um, So I'm curious to see how they, you know, handle us obviously defensively, but what they try to do to get, You know, they're two main guys to score the basketball. I think the other key is Gonzaga getting off to a great start because
0: Gonzaga wants to play fast, lead the country in scoring. UCLA wants it upper 60s, lower 70s. They will run, but it's selective. Tiger Campbell, one of the best in the country at controlling the pace. Um, What are your thoughts on an early start? Obviously, they didn't get that against TCU, but to me, that's important.
1: Yeah, no, if we can if we can push the pace all out like a St. Mary's, yes, UCLA doesn't play that slow. But if you can get up five to ten 12 points early, it seems like a bigger lead because then it makes them play a little bit outside of their style and their comfort zone. So start is going to be huge. It, it is nice to, that we played in this arena last year so the fellas are used to it. It's not just one game, two. We played three games, played Central Michigan, UCLA, Duke. Um, so they're used to it. I think it's a scores gym. Um, I know that sounds funny, but it's 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 made for basketball, right? it's it's one of those places that's made for hoops only. obviously hockeys here, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so um, I'm just it, it's a really good matchup for both teams. Both teams have contrasting styles both teams have you know all American type players, you know player of the years in their conference. Um, and I think it's a perfect game for television. it's it's gonna be fun to call.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I was sitting courtside calling it this week. But, uh, you know, you've got that opportunity for Gonzaga. You'll probably, I'm guessing, be there early for your pregame duties with Tom Hudson. Um, but you'll also have a chance to watch the first game. And I think that one is going to be a, a heck of a game, Arkansas and UConn. A couple of really good coaches, a couple uh programs that have some really talented players. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of UConn this year. I've watched a, a decent bit of Arkansas. Is there one matchup of those two? That you would prefer or to you is it just a toss up uh gonzaga needs to get by ucla and then just have another great game plan on a short uh on a return prep
1: well i think you know having uh last year lost to arkansas would be nice for fans and our players to have a you know try to get a get back game um i think uconn's a really really good basketball team i think hurley's done an excellent job of getting that those guys um to play together there's a west coast guy on the team at calcaterra from san diego which yeah, is that's funny right like oh man he, but he's that's had a nice season he fits in nicely off the bench for them as kind of a you know score role player for a second year yeah. and then the big kid inside his name is slipped my mind I, I, uh, yeah he's Sanogo, good oh yeah he's fantastic he's averaging like 26 and 11 um in the ncaa tournament so he's going to be a matchup issue if we play them um, but, again, it's one of those things, it's survive in advance. I know it's cliche, but you just get past your one game and worry about it once you know. Once you get a win.
0: Well, I can't finish this uh, podcast episode without asking you about the commercial uh, AT&T. That was, uh, that was a surprise because you had told me a couple months ago when we were trying to organize a schedule of one of our pods that you couldn't because you had a commercial, and I just kind of left it at that. I didn't ask. But lo and behold, I'm sitting there watching games the other day, and Adam Morrison sit on a beach in L.A. and I think it was Greg Oden walks up to you. Uh, tell us about how that commercial came about because it was pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, so I I was in the L.A. trip when we were doing Pepperdine and LMU, and I got a call and, and you know from a representative. It was like, hey, they want to do a commercial, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So I flew home for a day and then flew right back down. There's that seven a.m. beautiful uh, nonstop direct in Spokane, <laughs> so I took that, and uh, yeah, we hammered that commercial out. It was only. One day on set, I think I did nine takes on the first scene, and then the one where we're all together was like 12. So honestly, I only did like an hour and a half of actual work and just sat yeah. there the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the people were really nice. It was a huge production. Obviously, Leitner was a cool dude. Greg Oden was a cool dude. He's on staff at uh, Butler with Thad Mana. And then Sabrina Ionescu, I always kind of get her name wrong, who's a fantastic women's player, like one of the all-time – College grades, probably going to be a WNBA grade by the end of her career. I got to talk to her for about 20 minutes. And I was excited just because I coached my daughter's AU team. So I was picking her brain about girls' hoops a little bit. And obviously, she played for Kelly Graves. We know Kelly. We love Kelly. Got her autograph. So it was a, it was just a great uh, session. And um, yeah, it worked out.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, the The singing, was that you? Were you singing or was yeah. that
1: over? So we had to sing on camera and then we had to go to a booth they had like a van a soundproof van and we had to sing that one shining moment like four or five times (laughs) so that part was uh interesting to say the least when you're you know i got luther vandross in your ears one of the all-time greats and you're trying to keep a note and you never sang in your life and you're you know (laughs) and they're just like they're laughing but they're like it doesn't matter you just got to sing as best you can so like don't worry about luther in the background like okay thank you you know but uh yeah it worked out it was fun that's awesome. I, that, that that was
0: uh, definitely a great surprise when I was watching the, the first round of games. And uh, it, I'm sure you were like me as a kid. You loved watching the NCAA tournament, but there was something special about that song when the game was over and the team started cutting the nets. And so for you to be a part of uh, kind of something along that lines had have been cool. So uh, awesome stories there. Thanks, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Mo, we'll both be at T-Mobile arena shortly um should be a heck of a game and uh hopefully gonzaga lives uh to prepare for another game and who knows maybe after that another weekend of games so uh appreciate the time and uh see you soon see you